Hey everyone, husband here. And I'm wife. If you've been listening to us, then you know we're all about reading the Bible and reacting to it on our first read-through. Cuss words, crying, laughing, and more. We're passionate about creating a podcast that takes the sanctity out of the sacred text and simply stating it as we see it. But we can't do it without your help. We're asking for your support to help us keep this podcast going. There are two ways you can donate. Text SACDIS, that's S-A-C-D-I-S, to 53. 555 if you're in the U.S. with a one-time donation. Any amount helps. Or if you'd rather start a sustaining membership, sign up on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Membership levels start as low as $2 a month. We are amazed and grateful for our fans that support us now, and you can become one too. With your support, we can keep sacrilegious discourse alive and well for years to come. So please donate today. Text SACDIS to 53555 if you're in the U.S. Or sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Welcome to Sacrilegious Discourse. I'm husband. And I'm wife. Together we're reading the Bible for the very first time. We grew up without religion and wanted to know what all the fuss was about. Well, what have we learned so far? That God is a dick? And apparently some people believe in talking donkeys? We're not trying to pass ourselves off as experts. Nope, we're just reading the Bible for the first time and giving our first take reaction. If you'd like to join us in this venture, you might consider starting at episode one. Otherwise, jump in wherever you like. All right, let's go read the Bible. Yeah, let's get to it. Husband! Wife! Do you remember what happened yesterday and where we are? Well, yesterday you were sick as fuck. I was. So yesterday I put out a special replay of an old Christmas episode we did a couple years ago. I was But prior to that, we did (laughs) Isaiah chapter 37. Correct. And I believe in that chapter, the angel of the Lord killed like 100 and... Something thousand people. Eighty five. Yeah. Hundred and eighty five thousand people. And um and God and Hezekiah were playing phone tag with all the messengers and shit. Yeah. Yeah. So and um Sinisharab's guys. Right. So yeah. everybody was like saying, God told me to tell you to tell <laughs> Right. Yeah. No, it was extremely hard to follow. It really was. I'm like, God, just fucking just talk to each other for crying out loud. And it made it worse in that we've actually already read some of this in Second Kings, so it's like, ugh. Yeah, right. So anyway, that was Isaiah chapter 37. Sure as fuck was. Which means that today we're getting into... Isaiah chapter 38. All right, let's do this. Okie dokie. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. 
connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, let's get into Isaiah chapter 38. Okay. And again, I don't typically do this, but I feel it necessary to read the header of this one yeah because um not because it pertains to the bible in any particular way but because it, it's funny to me okay it's hezekiah's sickness and i'm like oh i relate to that <laughs> yeah and and just just for the record um i'm gonna apologize up front wife is still sick yeah and still struggling a little bit with things so but we're we're here doing this yeah so. um yeah, just to clarify, like my sickness involved um, head fog and um, losing time. Like I was so distracted and dizzy. I would space out and then catch myself spacing out and look down at my phone and like 20 to 30 minutes had passed. <laughs> and I don't think I was kidnapped by aliens. I think that I just I'm having a really hard time focusing. And right. Yeah. So. Sorry about that. I'm I'm trying to get better, but if I'm off tonight, that's why. Yep, yep. All right. In those days, Hezekiah became ill. I understand, my bro. Yeah. And was at the point of death. Let's hope I'm not there. I I remember this from the the earlier chapters at probably 2 Kings still. Yeah, yeah. This is all 2 Kings stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah. Do you remember what happened with him? I think that he makes some sort of deal and, like, gets better and something I yeah don't know. good yeah. job good job the prophet isaiah son of amos went to him hezekiah yeah and said this is what the lord says put your house in order because you're gonna die oh you will not recover <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the lord remember lord how i have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes wait was it it was god that told him this yeah God told Isaiah to tell Hezekiah. That's right. I kind of, I vaguely remember that. Like, okay, all right. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to recall exactly. Yeah. So okay. So Hezekiah sad. Yeah. And he wept bitterly. Then the word of the Lord came to Isaiah. Okay. Go and tell Hezekiah, this is what the Lord, the God of your father David, says. I've heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will add fifteen years to your life. And I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. Didn't he already do that? You just I will defend this city. He already did that. Yeah. He killed 185 fucking thousand people. But um, there were probably was the chance that they would regather themselves and some kind of retribution would happen. All right. Like, how dare. Okay. And so God's saying, don't worry about that. I just think it's funny that God's like, I'm going to kill you. And then he he watches him beg and plead and cry for his fucking life. And then God's like, I'm not going to talk to you again. I'm going to go talk to Isaiah over here. Yeah. I'm going to tell him I'm going to give you a better deal. I'll give you 15 measly Because you begged and pleaded to me. Right, right. 
This is the Lord's sign to you that the Lord will do what he has promised. I will make the shadow cast by the sun go back the ten steps it has gone down on the stairway of Ahaz. So the sunlight went back the ten steps it had gone down. Now what's interesting to note in this is that in Second Kings, in that version, yeah. um, God gave Isaiah the choice of having it move forward or back. And Isaiah chose have it go back because that seemed to be to him the harder way to have the sundial move back 10 whatever. Got it. 10 shadow digits or whatever. Okay. Yeah. So the sunlight went back 10 steps. Okay. Either he he moved. He turned back time. Yeah. And I think at the time we said, if I could turn back time, I'm sure we did. Yeah. I mean, it would only, it, it had to. If we didn't, that'd be a, it was a travesty. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We failed if we did not do that. Right. A writing of Hezekiah, king of Judah, after his illness and recovery. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I said, in, I said, I said, I said, <laughs> in the prime of my life, must I go through the gates of death and be robbed the rest of my years? I said, I said, I will not again see the Lord himself in the land of the living. No longer will I look on my fellow man or be with those who now dwell in this world. Like a shepherd's tent, my house has been pulled down and taken from me. Like a weaver, I have rolled up my life, and he has cut me off from the loom. Day and night, you make an end of me. Wait, this is this is supposedly after he recovered, right? He wrote this after he recovered? Um, I thought that's what you said when you started that. After his illness and recovery, yeah. 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 So why is he because bitching about only, dying? Because he's only got 15 years to wrap oh, up his shit. And he's I saying, see. I got to get this done, and I'm not going to see God again. You know, the next time I see God will be the end of my life. Do you think you would want to know when you would die? I have mixed feelings on it. Yeah. Because, I... like, they in the notes that I was taking, um, or the stuff that I was researching, a lot of people said that it was a boon, because then you would have the time to make things right, and to tie up loose threads, and, you know, to see to your affairs, and say goodbye to all the people that you love. But I, I feel like you, so I, I feel like... Life in general, right? Life is is about making plans and about you know doing things and and fulfilling you know goals and things like that, right? So if you know when you're gonna die, though, you're gonna spend a large portion of that time that you have left just preparing to die, right? Right. And and not preparing to live. Exactly. You know, so I, I feel like it it robs you. It so much like what he's writing, I guess it, it robs you of your life. It robs you of choice. I have um I have a, a story I can relate that that kind of touches on that. Yeah. Um when my dad was in the military, he was stationed overseas on this teeny tiny air force base in southern Italy yeah. that no longer exists. Right. And on this base, um it was just like this perfect microcosm of humanity, at least for me and for a lot of the people that I keep in touch with from that time. We all miss it fondly. Yeah. And some of us more than others even ache for it. I am one of those. Sure. Um, I can remember at the time, okay, we had this thing called a short timers calendar. And it's where you have a calendar and you mark up, like you you count down to the day that you're leaving. Right. Because right. a lot of times people would be excited, 
you know, to, to leave, get back to the States well, and... or to go to their next assignment. Sure. Like a lot of people were going to a different country or right. they're going home to, to their family yeah. or, you know, whatever. They hate their, their boss and they can't wait to get to their next job. Right. You know right. what I mean? Yep. So there's any number of reasons. So we had the short timers calendar and we marked off as a family every day as we, our time was getting shorter. And I just remember my mom, my dad, and my sister couldn't wait. And I was filled with dread because somehow I just knew I was in this perfect spot that I would never see again. Well, and you told me and a lot of stories. You built a really, like you're all, all the people you knew were there. So, I was there I mean, from fifth to 10th grade. Right. So it was like a very important part of my childhood and youth. Right. And, you know, my first love was there. Yeah. You know, the first boy I ever had a crush on, my first kiss, like basically my first almost everything was sure. right there. And to know that it was coming to an end almost put a pall over the the beauty of it. Like I knew it was wonderful in the moment. They tell you be present and appreciate what you have. And right. I did that, but I was also aware daily with the countdown that it was going to end and when to right. the very date. Yeah. And that was hard. So I don't know if I would want to know. Would it have been harder or easier if you would have just been, you know, pulled out and moved away? I honestly, I really don't know. Yeah. I really don't know. I mean. Like, I'm, I'm just curious, you know, like that, that's kind of what I was getting at is like, is it better to not know or is it better to know? I don't know because I mean. I suppose that there were people that would have been stationed there and then like something came up and they might have got transferred like within a few days. Right. You know, emergency or something. I, I don't know those situations because I was not a service member at that time. I guess time. the way I feel about it, like especially with a, with a case like that, you would probably know at least a day or two ahead of time. The people that are really important to you, you're going to make you're going to run around real quick and say goodbye. You know, yes. like you're still going to get to say goodbye. Yes. It's just not going to be this long, drawn out process where you spend a lot of time. Saying right. goodbye, you know? Well, and the thing is, like, we were so used to people coming and going that saying goodbye for some of us was just, like, this really normal weird... thing. Yeah, it was weirdly normal. Right. And, go. oh, this is the day when I'm going around to get everybody's addresses so that we can write and stay in touch. But and it's also a little bit different when you're the one leaving. Like, it is. You, you were there it from 5th to 10th grade, so you saw a lot of people come and go. But you weren't the one going during that time frame. So then it was your turn to go. Right. That's a bigger deal for you. Not that's, not necessarily for the people true. that are still there. But, that you know. is true. Because um, my dad was there that last time for five years. And that was very unusual. Normally people were there for like three or four years. Right. My dad got stationed there three separate times. Which is also unusual. And that last time we were there for that five years. And, you know, so I mean... <laughs> I was there on and off for about 10 years of my life. Yeah. And that's ridiculous, but also cool. But also I can never go home. But also a lot of people can't. Like I have all of the feelings that a refugee might have, but without any of that like extra emotional baggage, like I can't claim that status and it would be cruel to even compare myself to that. Sure. You know, so I just have this very unique situation. But as far as like knowing when a thing is coming to an end. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Sure. 
right. it did make it harder to appreciate the I'd be the curious moment. to hear some other people's points of viewers on that. I you really know, like, would, too. Let, let us know what you, you feel about that situation. Yeah, yeah. Like, would you want to know? Would you not want to know? Right, right. Yeah, and that, why? That and is why? a good question. I don't think there's a right answer. I think... No, I... I yeah. I think it's more of a philosophical, rhetorical question than a what is the answer question. I believe I have my answer. I don't I don't think I would want to know. That's yeah. how I feel about it anyway. I don't think I would want to know either. I but I I don't know that for sure. Right. I mean, I don't think you can know for sure. Sure, right. All right. Anyway, getting back to this stuff. Yeah. Okay, dwell in this world, blah blah blah. Like a shepherd's tent, my house has been pulled down and taken from me. Like a weaver, I have rolled up my life, and he has cut me off from the loom. Day and night, you made an end of me. I waited patiently till dawn, but like a lion, he broke all my bones. Day and night, you made an end of me. I cried like a swift or thrush. I moaned like a morning dove. My eyes grew weak as I looked into the heavens. I am being threatened. Lord, come to my aid. But what can I say? He has spoken to me and he himself has done this. Yeah. I will walk humbly all my years because of this anguish of my soul. Lord, by such things people live and my spirit finds life in them too. You restore me to health and let me live. Surely it was for my benefit that I suffered such anguish. Oh, so he was talking about, he was talking about the anguish he was having while he was sick. Not, not the anguish about the upcoming death after the 15 years because he was said after because then he said afterwards oh yeah after yeah. his illness and recovery yeah 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 so he, he was talking that that whole thing was about him reflecting on the time when he was sick got it so okay. that makes i guess a little bit more sense i don't i i don't it must have been pretty traumatic if he's writing about it after the yeah. fact you know yeah must have been really fucking bad I guess. I, I don't really relate to this whole, surely it was for my benefit that I suffered such anguish. Like, um, yeah. I, it's that I mean, silver lining <laughs> thing. And I'm like, okay, there's positivity, but then there's also toxic positivity. Yeah. When, yeah. I mean, when I don't, <laughs> I can understand, like people go through traumatic events and they often say that they appreciate life more afterwards. Right. That is, sure. that, is, that is the thing I hear as a common theme sure. of, of people that have been through traumatic events. I don't know how long that, that euphoria lasts after that. Right. But it is a common theme that I hear from people. Um, that being said, I don't feel like God telling you, I'm going to kill you and right. then letting you live is is one of those things. That's that's just him. Being a I feel like that's him toying with you. Yeah. Like either you know you're going to kill me or you know you're not. Right. Why you changed your mind after talking to Isaiah or something, or after I right. or after I cried? You heard me pray. I, that's that's fucking bullshit, man. You're God, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. That's why that sentence kind of threw me. Like, yeah, eh, I'm not down with that. Right. In your love, you kept me from the pit of destruction. You have put all my sins behind your back. Okay, here's the thing. Um, so he is saying Hezekiah is saying, um, since you gave me more years. You gave me time to get right with God. Okay. Because I have had all of this sin in my life. I can now turn away from it. I've got time to... To fix it. Yeah, to no longer be a sinner or whatever. Yeah. So... I had to take issue with that too, though, because some I people he didn't give time. And yeah. he... You know, like, some people he didn't even give a fucking chance, you know? Right. Like, the... 
Aaron's sons. Yeah. And struck those fuckers dead. Yeah. You know, like they they didn't get any fucking or chances. Uza. Right. Yeah. 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 It's it, it's very hit or miss how he. Right. You know. Depends on if they have an important story or not. I guess. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. For the grave cannot praise you. Death cannot sing your praise. Those who go down to the pit cannot hope for your faithfulness. The living, the living, they praise you, as I am doing today. Parents tell their children about your faithfulness. The Lord will save me, and we will sing with stringed instruments all the days of our lives in the temple of the Lord. Okay. Isaiah had said, Prepare a poultice of figs and apply it to the boil, and he will recover. Hezekiah had asked, what will be the sign that I will go up to the temple of the Lord? The end. Hmm. Okay. So I read a thing about the poultice of figs applied to the boil. Yeah. That it's like, um, how was it phrased? It was like a sign within a sign. Because apparently something in the fig should have made the sore on the boil um, like worse. Oh. So not only didn't it make it worse, it actually healed it. Okay. So that's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Why? What's the the symbolism there, though? That that was a sign. Oh. It's not symbolism. It's just it's it's a sign of... of, God's doing this, not the the thing that they put on the the boil or whatever. Yeah. Right. Okay. Because remember, the first sign was that he moved the clock back 10 shadow pegs or whatever the fuck ever. Yeah. Yeah. And so this one is that... Um, if you put figs, a poultice of figs on your, um, boil, it'll heal immediately. Got it. So they put something on it that should have made it worse. And and it got better still. And instead it got better. Okay. So that's magic for you. Got it. Well, I don't, I mean, this is a story we've already read prior to this. So I don't know that I have a lot more to say. I mean, I, I think I said pretty much everything I wanted to say. So yeah, that was Isaiah chapter thirty-eight. Sure as fuck was. And uh, let's see, we will be back tomorrow. Is Saturday, so we'll yes. be back tomorrow with Q and A Saturday. And then on Sunday this week, I believe we're doing Patreon. And I'll get the weekly wrap up together, and then we'll be back on Monday with. Isaiah chapter 39. And hopefully we won't have any more sickness. I hope not to. We'll see you guys. Bye. Hey wife, I guess that's the end? But husband, that's just sad. It doesn't have to be. We are on lots of social media platforms like Twitter. Our handle there is sacrilegious underscore D. For D's nuts. Oh my God. Stop doing that. Anyway, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. There's a link to all of our social media sites at our website. Ooh, we have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. We have a merch shop? Yep. We have podcast-themed clothing, mugs, notebooks, and more, as well as an atheist and science-themed products. Wow, our fans should really go check that out right now. Definitely. They can get in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. Oh yeah? With what? Well, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our fans. Okay, so what should they do? Head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegiousdiscourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. 
Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instructions. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.